Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times. But your mind is on the future, too. And what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money. With wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Hello and welcome to this week's Foot Weekly podcast, Gameplay Pod. In this, we discuss how to use the 352. We talk about team pressing. We talk about how to stop lob through passes, player switching, and much more. I'm your host, Ben, and this is the Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by our supporters. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We have with us a collection of very, very good players of FIFA, to be fair. Uh, let's start with Japes. Japes, welcome. Ooh. Is that uh, make me the best because I got introduced first? I don't think that's the case here. We've got a number one squad battles player with us and a 352 legend. But no, I'm happy to be chatting FIFA gameplay. So far this weekend, I'm sitting at 15 and 0. So I've got a little bit of a ways ahead of me. This is usually when things start to go down. But I am going to do my best to try to finish my games today. We've also got a debutant on the pod. If you've listened to the uh, supporter content pod, then you will have heard him on his proper debut, but this is still his debut on the public feed. So <laughs> welcome to it, Mr. Aubrey. Yeah, Hello. thank you. Gameplay's game the uh, my, my sort of bread and butter, so I'm excited. Yeah, excited yeah. to get to Although it. actually, you know, you gave a lot of insight on chemistry styles. Yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah, well, I, I am a bit of a chemistry style uh, fanatic, so yeah, I'm glad we touched yeah, yeah. on that. Well, that, is, that is really gameplay related though, isn't it, I suppose? Then uh, we have the number one player in the world. Four squad battles, Matt for trading. Welcome again. Thank you very much, Ben. Yes, I, it feels bad that you have to say squad battles, but you know, it would be it, <laughs> number one player in the world would be more than enough. Um, we'll just leave it at that, shall Exactly. We? Number one player, forget techs, you know, who, who cares? Like, <laughs> squad battles is where it's at. You'll, you'll, be seeing, you'll be seeing the events in a couple of years' time. Everyone will be playing the AI. It'll be, it'll be uh, fun. Well, with, with the way things are and no live events sort of proper, never know. 
Matt, actually, you, you sort of teased it in the last podcast, but I was saying that because you're on the uh, score battles high scores, basically people have been messaging you constantly. Like, how do you do it? Oh, sort of thing. But my favorite one you put on Twitter was where a guy basically was like, here's my, was it his mum's recipe? I think it was Nan's recipe. So it's, it's even his, more valuable. His Nan's recipe for pain au chocolat. You know, some French uh, pastry in return for how you get number one squad battles, right? Yeah. And didn't he say, like, send me some tips and I'll send you the whole effing cookbook or something like that? <laughs> I think, yeah. I haven't tried the recipe yet. I need to actually, I should probably stream it and uh, and give my verdict. That could be a, a good little cooking stream. Maybe that could be like a, a podcast exclusive. Yeah, French Patisserie Weekly incoming. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to what we're actually here to talk about, which is your squad battles achievements. Uh, people do, we forget, play plenty of squad battles. And it's a lot more popular, I think, than the hardcore community if you like gives it credit for matt what would you say was the secret to your success so yes for the for the for the millionth time i've been asked this week yes i played every single game on ultimate difficulty okay i wasn't playing legendary i wasn't playing amateur has to all be on ultimate you know it's you're not going to get first in the world or even top 200 uh without playing every game on ultimate but um i've got to say that the big positive the thing that made it so easy was playing it through co-op having another player there to you know help defend against the ai when they're you know pinging the ball around your box having one player sort of cutting off the passing lane and having one press the the ball carrier it's really really quite easy once you get into a rhythm to defend against uh the ultimate ai and on the attacking end you've got that one player free to make runs in behind that the ai can't defend as easily as if you know, they were defending another AI controlled player um, if you're playing on your own. So, yeah, I think, to be honest, like so many people were saying, oh, you're mad. You're mad for playing 42 games of squad battles. But you think 42 games a week, you know, you can split that up to what, six or seven games a day. You know, you play 30 games a weekend league in three days. So really, it's not, it wasn't too, too bad, really. You know, it's a, it a nice little grind doing it in co-op. It's, it's quite chill. I feel like the co-op is, is a game changer because for me, I can do like max two games of squad battles before <laughs> I I just feel like <laughs> playing the computer just becomes so dull for me mm, and mm. I want to see some like wild user interaction but doing it with co-op like then you're just like chilling with your bud and yeah. like having a little bit of fun definitely playing some FIFA and, and that becomes way more doable so that's a it's a great idea yeah definitely I think you know you're just you're sitting there you're having a laugh with people you're you're, you're grinding towards a reward and you know we obviously packed a vidic you know first in the world rewards so it makes it so worthwhile when you get rewarded at the end of it but even without the rewards you know it was just good fun hopping on with with a mate and and playing you know trying to grind for the leaderboards and you know work towards something you know, it, it was good fun. You know, obviously you've got to, you know, get good results. We were getting like five nil wins on most of the games um, on ultimate difficulty, you know, checking off all the, the extra skill bonus objectives, like, you know, 10 shots on target, 10 corners, 60% possession, 90% pass accuracy, all these kind of things um, to get the max points. But, you know, that was, for me, that was, that was kind of fun. You know, I liked, I liked being like, okay, we've got to get three more shots on target, two more corners. Okay, let's work towards that. Uh, all while trying to you know keep the clean sheets, get the five goals, all that kind of thing. So it, it added a new dimension to me for the week. And you know, considering you haven't got really that much gameplay content throughout the week with the capping uh, rivals, you know, you've done your weekend league games, you haven't got really any any chance to get more points in division rivals. So it gives a, a little extra 
grinding in the week when there's perhaps not so much to do in Ultimate Team on the gameplay front. Have you got any tips for people who might be playing co-op, I guess even online? Are there any sort of specific things you'd say to people who are doing that that might help them? I think, you know, having a good understanding with your co-op partners are, are really, you know, it's a key aspect that people don't really touch on when talking about co-op, you know, especially on the defending side. I see so many people playing co-op and, you know, they have two people just charging towards the ball and they pull two players out of position and, you know, one pass, you beat mm. two men. So having a good understanding, make sure that you've got, you know, have one player actively pressing the ball. You know, whoever's closest, make sure you've got that understanding with your co-op partner that, okay, closest to the ball presses and then, you know, the, the second person sort of cuts off the passing lane or tracks runs, that kind of thing. That's really useful. Um, in terms of the attacking side, as I say, runs in behind are very, very good because you can, you know, manually uh, make those runs. So you can, you know, hold players on side. You can be a lot more dynamic in your movements. You can pull mm. pull players over to one side and then make a darting run in the opposite side. You know, especially if you've got fast attackers, you know, it's very, very, uh, very, very effective. But um, yeah, for the most part, I mean, co-op is is literally just for me. It's it's a way to have fun and grind towards rewards. If I would not be playing. 42 games of ultimate squad battles if it wasn't for co-op um <laughs> yeah. So yeah i think it's a it's a brilliant new addition the fact that both players get the rewards is incredible you know it cuts the time in half really if you want to put it that way so yeah i think it's i think it's a really good way to go uh, i enjoy it and i hope they they keep doing more sorts of um objectives and, and rewards for co-op gameplay i think it's a, a really good thing for the future yeah definitely for now uh, we'll move on to talking about some more general gameplay stuff i wanted to speak to you james actually how are you finding things have you picked up anything um from your weekend uh, i guess any standout players i know a few people were asking about cannavaro um some of the other players you were using um so yeah what's what's the lowdown so I've been playing a 4-3-3-2. I actually released a video. I wouldn't even call it a guide. I would call it a what my tactics are and then some highlights with some of the players that I used. I think there's been, so far, there seems to be like enough demand that I'll, I'll work on creating like a proper guide where I go through the types of players that I think about for these positions and I suppose my like philosophy for the different positions and play style that goes along with it. I use the baby Cannavaro. He's great. This weekend, I'm using the baby Maldini to pair up with him, and he is great as well. I would say they're not that different, uh, Maldini mm. on 7 chem, but I think I prefer Cannavaro just a touch more. Mm. But uh, last weekend, I ended 25 and 5, so not my best showing, but, you know, some, some clear things that I can improve upon. And, you know, matchmaking, I matched up against two of the top NA pros. And I felt a little bit bad about that um, because that would be the difference between that and elite one uh, perhaps. So we'll see this weekend. I'm sitting at 15 and 0 using similar four, three, three, two tactics. I went out and bought, uh, I sold Cristiano Ronaldo because I don't like, I don't really care for Ronaldo. Like I don't have like a, an emotional attachment to him in any way, shape or form. He just so happened to be easier to work into the squad than Mbappe last time. Um, so when I got Florenzi, from my red picks, I, I tossed in Kylian Mbappe, and he's outrageous. I just, I'm dreading the day when he's going to get informs, but you're already seeing him. I'm, I mean, I think probably in 
10 to 15 games over the weekend you play against Mbappe and it's just because he is that good uh and then mm -hmm. beyond that though the the player that I do want to talk about that I think there there are two players that I think are super I don't know if underappreciated but uh Bernardo Silva as a CM is lights out he is awesome in that formation getting forward scoring goals uh, and having an impact you could play him all over the place and last I looked he was 15k 17k which is just jokes for the stats that you get and the ability that you get with Bernardo. Hongmin Sun is great as well, but I picked up the 87 Davor Shuker, mm. Um, mm. who is back as an icon this year, playing him as my striker with the false nine instruction on him. And he is just awesome. Like, what a fun, fun card. And for getting the icon links, and I paid like 800K for him um, when the market was still a little bit low. I just thought that was too low for what you got with him. And he's just awesome. Like, so fun, incredibly well-rounded, using a Hunter Kemp, but his dribbling is still, like, superior to a lot of the, quote-unquote, better dribblers that I've used. But just a, a really, really fun card and a player that I'd encourage more people to check out. Yeah, yeah. it is a really interesting one. He's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, I think, at the start of uh, FIFA 21. Um, yeah, I remember using his card when he was an icon before and he was surprisingly defensively solid but they've seemed to have dropped his defensive stats a little bit but he, he still looks pretty amazing um for well actually i say he looks pretty amazing i was surprised that you enjoyed him as much as you did considering his dribbling stats don't look quite as good as as sort of comparable players right yeah i you know i uh, you look at his you look at his stats as a whole and I just found myself being like, uh, I don't know, because he's like 85 agility, 84 balance, 86 reactions, right? And you're like, I just don't know if these are the stats that I'm looking for, I guess. But he's got a lean mm. body type. And so that, I think, probably plays into it. But he just seems to be one of those cards that plays well beyond his stats. Just, just mm. well, well beyond his stats. I think I have probably... 2x the goal scored to gain. So, like, if I played 15 games with him, I have 30 plus goals and probably 15 to 20 assists with him. He's just really, really good. And he's got that knack to pop up in the right space at the right time. Um, mm. and, and I, I don't know, he's just, he's just really, really fun and a card that I'm, I'm glad I went out and picked up because he's, he's great with both of his feet and, like I would just just ignore the dribbling stats. I don't know. When you look at the card, people are going to be like, ah, I don't know. He needs a pace boost. He needs a dribbling boost. I, it just he just didn't. Mm. Um, mm. And I found it surprising. But, you know, I'm glad that I did. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. I mean, actually, Aubrey, you're talking about that sort of mid uh, 80s agility balance and composure reactions, etc. All around that point. I mean, that that is what you were saying, I suppose, that those kind of players do tend to feel uh, really quite good, even if their overall dribbling and ball control agility uh, don't seem outstanding, they're still going to feel very nice. It makes me ex excited that you say that he's actually like, because he's a card I've looked at and gone, God, God, like what happens if he doesn't feel good? But if you're saying he's good, then that's the seal of approval I need to to maybe go ahead and take him. <laughs> no, it is. It's interesting with these 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 icons because the other one I always look at, and last year I used him a lot. I got uh, he was my first top, my first ever top one hundred. I used uh, the eighty eight roll, 
Um, and again, mm. he's another mm-hmm. one of those players that you look at and it's sort of like mid 80s dribbling, like he's passing, he's got like this sort of mid 80 and you're like, God, this card, you know, it looks okay, but can I just, and, and he, play, he played above and beyond what the stat line would suggest. He was outrageous. I'm looking forward to using him again this year. But yeah, the Davos Uka, that, that's really interesting. Um, that that you just you say he has that uncanny knack of popping up and um just generally being a nuisance i guess yeah i just i he just seems to be like a Mm. a really nicely well-rounded player that is a willing attacker and just gets into like smart positions and has a knack for scoring big goals and big or you know in, in tight games and i i don't like you just look at his stats and you're like, do I really want to pay eight or 900 K for this card? And you're like, I don't know. Like Robert Lewandowski's 90 K, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's something like that, but he, he feels really, he's been worth it for me so far this weekend. And in the tight games that I've played, he's scored important goals or had important assists. And so I'm excited to see how the rest of the weekend plays out with him. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure you can check out japes result over on his twitter now uh probably be up by the time you're listening to this and talking of which a lot of people have got in touch actually i won't mention specific people because there were plenty asking about performance in weekend league compared to rivals and that they feel despite being better than ever according to division rivals their weekend league performance is worse than perhaps it was last year the first thing to say is when i've asked people what their sort of early results in weekend league were in fifa 20 they tended to be pretty similar to what they are now and in fact in many cases they hadn't maybe played the first couple of weekends even um, which do tend to be harder in my opinion so that's the first thing but the other thing to say on this is that division rivals is quite different in terms of people's skill rating because of the placement matches placing you anywhere between division two and division eight whereas Mm -hmm. previously it was between division four and six so what it meant is you had this sort of bottleneck going through division three probably and that meant that people didn't tend to reach the higher divisions without playing a lot of rivals and it certainly would have taken a while to get up there so it's quite different this year in that sense but the other thing to say about this is that with weekend league as i've mentioned before obviously over time people gain the foot champs points to enter and this might not affect people who are say elite one elite two in fact there may even be an advantage because some of the more committed casual players will have placed higher and have been able to enter weekend league quicker But the point is that if you're someone who's, say, up to maybe around Elite 3, it's going to be much more difficult for you to get as many wins because there's going to be a lot of people who just haven't gone into Weekend League yet. So that's just something to bear in mind. If you've Mm -hmm. not achieved your best result in the first couple of weeks, that's really unsurprising to me. I think as well, just to add on to that, I think think you can check on... I don't know if you can do it on both consoles, but I think definitely on one of them, you can check the trophies and i think one of them is redeeming a a foot champs entry yeah i think last year it was really really low for like the old the whole pool of players i think it was only like maybe like between five and fifteen percent of the entire fifa player base oh yeah actually redeemed a a foot champs entry so you're assuming obviously that ultimate team is the most popular mode everyone's gonna be playing it but even then only five to fifteen percent of everyone that's played fifa actually plays weekend league or redeems an entry that's a a really really low percentage so you've got to definitely take that into consideration yeah i mean i remember having discussions in the past and i think it was for economists had worked out that perhaps 
5% of FIFA players get gold one. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm an average player, I get gold one. You're not average, you're well, well above average for a FIFA player. And for a foot player, you're also well above average. I mean, if you think about it, surely the average result in weekend league should be around 15 losses, 15 wins, which isn't gold one. So I think that all of that is worth bearing in mind. And also people saying, you know, how can I push on to that next level? I feel like I'm plateauing. I think most people will find they will improve over the next couple of weeks as the volume of players changes, but also you start to pick up those certain things which will get you better results. And we'll discuss some today, I'm sure. But I would just say that this is something that I've always found tricky in the first couple of weeks, especially because Weekend League feels super competitive but I personally, I'm not great at adding things into my game very quickly. It takes me a while. So I'll tend to get my best results in weekend league in like November. So I think that's just something to, to bear in mind. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about how we can improve ourselves, I guess, and uh, talk a bit of tactics and things. Japes, I guess people can check out those tactics you were using in your YouTube, which is very convenient, um, which is Air Japes. Isn't it? I think. Uh, YouTube.com slash Air Japes FIFA. And you oh, it is can, FIFA. Okay. Yeah, you can check out the uh tactics and some highlights from my last weekend league i am working on probably doing a, a guide like a thorough guide though like i mentioned before that'll that'll talk through you know because people the, the the tough part is i have an expensive squad and not everybody does and i totally understand that and so what i want to do is create a guide that that talks about players that you might want to include for different price points. But I think one thing that's important too, and I mentioned it in the video, when people think about squad creation, you have to think about which positions are truly important for the formation. And so the 4-3-3 that I'm playing, the striker is center forward. You ask them to do a lot. So that's where a lot of your budget is going to go. Your CMs need mm-hmm. to be good goal scoring players as well as being able to put a shift in defensively. And so there's budget that goes there. And then of course, center backs as well. But like, you know, your, your left wing and right wing, you can spend if you have the coins there, but some of your cheaper options would certainly do the job. So I think it's just important in general to think through when you're going out and buying a new squad or trying a new formation, how you can most efficiently use your coins to make the formation tick. Mm. that's a good point and also i guess i do think and we can talk about the 352 i suppose in this context but there are certain formations that for players who don't have maybe that many coins are especially difficult to use because they actually require like specialist stats in certain positions Mm -hmm. which are often hard to obtain at this point for all players is that fair james do you think formations like this 4-3-3 that I'm playing and some of the more intricate formations you need like smarter which often in this FIFA translates to higher rated players to make the most of them but then you have your sort of like 4-1-2-1-2 narrow is a formation that I'd say just get like physically solid players in there and like you can manually do the rest like Mm. it's just it's just one of those formations that I don't like sure you're gonna have a better time if you have high rated players but I just don't think you need truly amazing players for that formation 442 i think you can is another formation that you can get away with having some lower rated players in a handful of the positions and still do very very well with it certainly you're going to benefit from having your high-end cards like hullet in the midfield but a card like valverde is 
gonna be pretty darn solid for you or a Frankie Dion, something like that. And so an Adama Traore as a right mid in a 4-4-2 is gonna be just fine yep. if you're operating on a budget. So there are certain formations that are budget more budget friendly. The 4-3-3, I don't think is the most budget friendly. Now, with that said, you can build a really great 4-3-3 team with Bundesliga players for not that much. So um, mm. you know, be be conscious of the players that you're picking or the leagues that you're picking from when you're thinking about building your squad yeah no it's a very good point and I, I, this leads us into uh a question here from Wergland who says in terms of the 352 what player types are you looking at for the tactic and do you use other combinations of three at the back or just the 352 so i'm primarily a 352 player although in recent weeks on stream i've been working on a 3412 in the style of Atalanta, the Serie A team. I often start when I build uh, formations in like watching a real life football team, especially a a unique one, and then sort of trying to replicate. And then I always say like FIFAize it, like (laughs) like take what they do, but make it, you know, also viable as a a tactic. But yeah, 352 is the one that I've been running for about a year and a half, two years, trying to sort of perfect. And I feel like it's really got to a point where, um, I say a lot that I think it deserves a spot as a like you know you have the ultra defensive defensive attacking ultra attacking and you can run like four tactics I think three five two it definitely deserves a spot at the table as one of those four um, in terms of what I'm types of player I'm looking for I'm very specific again it's sometimes it's down to personal preference but I have I have a really like systematic way that I build my three five two now. Um, where I would, it almost because because of the way you create chances can be quite pattern based in in any formation. Um, that I, I like the players player types to be in very set positions. So like my left striker, it's currently I'm using Son, but I always like a little bit of a taller but like. Um, um, clinical finisher at that left striker role because they're always the one that I mean Son scored like 220 goals in 140 games for me um, and mm. yeah so the left striker is always that perfect finisher for me my right striker is always my smaller agile creative uh, upfield player the cam is obviously what you want uh, from every cam which is you know um, long shots passing dribbling pace isn't necessary but it's, it's nice um, I think the big roles in the three-five-two that you have to be focused on are your left mid and right mid, and then your um, basically what I call like your free DM. I run one DM on get forwards um, to basically overload when I'm going like in the attack, so that DM will like leave DM completely and basically overrun my strikers. Um, so the left mid, right mid, and DM are, are like the key roles for me when I'm building my three-five-two. Um, that DM role especially. Mm-hmm. I'm using Griezmann there right now, which everybody thinks is a meme, um, but it's not. <laughs> He's actually like ideal <laughs> for what I want, um, but like De Bruyne would be a perfect example of someone I'd want to run there. Um, mm. Yeah. In what position, sorry? I missed that. Uh, like DM, like I call it DM, but I've, I've, I've been really wanting to sort of rename it as just like a, the free roam role. So literally uh, so like marauding midfielder. Marauding right? midfielder, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's way more than a box to box because that implies they just get up and down. Whereas like, if you ever if you ever watch my stream, this Griezmann that I use, and again, I'd use it with any sort of really good sort of passer shoot, almost like a deep line playmaker. They have to do everything. Um, but he takes up positions like, 
at the right side of the box. He'll overlap my strikers. He'll like appear at the back post. He's just, he just he just does whatever he wants in the team, um, and that's quite unique, I think, to my three five two that not many uh, people do is have yeah, that, yeah. that like free roam from the the CDM. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess you know you've got three defenders plus uh, and kind of another defender in the form of your other CDM, mm-hmm. I suppose. So uh, you don't feel that you get too exposed. No, by and, and I often say what one of the interesting things is. So the big discussion people have with me with my three five two, and I see it everywhere I talk about the three five two is that it's defensively weak. And I just, I just mm. don't think it's true. <laughs> I just don't think. Yeah, I yeah. think what people don't realize is that. So when you're attacking in the 3-5-2, a lot of the time, the opposite wing, I don't have them on getting the box or anything. They kind of cheat backwards a little bit. So when your opponent tries to counter, you have the wide player, you have a single DM, then you have a three-back. So you actually have five in transition to try and defend the counter. And I, 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 I've often heard that 3-5-2 is weak on the counter, but um, it's not something I've found at all. Interesting. There's a question here, and I think it's a good place to bring this in. Faulty asking a question on the 3-5-2. Can you talk more to the thinking that goes on when setting uh, the depth and width for this formation uh, specifically what depth and width definitely doesn't work would be good to know so i'll i'll say i've been quite boring with my depth and width in general because I, I play uh, six width four depth but that, I, I feel like that translates across my formations because I just like to know where my defensive line's going to be <laughs> on mm. the pitch i definitely don't think for example any deeper than four would work in a three-back because I think um, one of the ideas behind the three-back is high press. So you want to be able to pin your opponent in their half because obviously you have your DM, your two DMs, you have left mids and right mids getting... So you, you create this, I call it like a semicircle of pressure around their like half. And I think if you played your defensive line too deep, that, that there would be so much of a gap that it would um, struggle. And I, I play six width just because I, th- I feel like it's a sweet spot. Um, I think a lot of people may... Pro- I've, I've found a lot of people defend way too narrow. Um, and if someone's efficient down the wing, that, you know, one of my favourite things to do when someone's narrow is I drive all the way to the byline and then do a little double tap pass across. And, and it's just... It, so uh, yeah, six, six, and four is my personal preference, but I think um, I wouldn't want to go any lower than four, just because I feel like you would basically you, you're trying to dominate the game in the three-five-two, and a low depth uh, wouldn't allow you to do that. Mm-mm. But you're you're not suggesting you play the way I like to play on ten depth and press on possession. Well, I tried eight. I've, I have tried eight, um, so I have ventured all the way up to there because I, I, I was definitely thinking that um, you know if if they're going to try and counter me, almost force that counter, and then I have Mendy and Walker yeah. to sweep. Um, yeah. So it is definitely a thought of going higher up. But yeah, I, I think I think depth, I, I wouldn't want to suggest going too low, but I think anywhere between sort of, again, it's, it sounds really boring, but between four and six, depending on what, what you're feeling like, it is probably around where you should be playing. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have ventured upwards in depth, and I don't think it's terrible all the way up to sort of eight, mm-hmm. maybe tens a little bit. <laughs> Ten's high for aggro. I love, I love that. But yeah. Yeah. Don't try this at home, yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Japes only. Yeah. But Japes actually talking of which, I know you've got a dash, so I don't want to I do. I do. hold I do. you up. 
Look at that. Such a considerate host today. Yeah, I, this is the way it always works, right? You're like, oh, we'll be done by then, no problem. And then yeah. you get some like, interesting topics and good discussion and off you go. Yeah, for the record, that that never happens normally. So I've yeah, done well. Yeah. But yeah, Jokes, uh, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, the pleasure was all mine. And you know, for those of you guys, you can check out the 4 through 3 that I'm talking about on my YouTube channel or pop into my stream. I stream every Saturday morning, which is about 9, 9.30 my time, which I believe is like 3, 3.30 UK usually. So you can pop in, say hi, let me know that you came from the Foot Weekly Pod, and I'll talk to you guys and mm. answer any questions you might have there. Amazing. Love it. Cheers, Japes. See you soon. Cheers. See you guys. And on that, we'll take a quick break. I wanted to make sure everyone knows that we haven't gone into depth on Mr. Aubrey's tactics because you can find them on his YouTube and it will be much more clearly explained with video and everything over there and you can copy the tactics, etc. I'll also put the video in the tactics bank of the Discord as well. Right, let's take that break and we'll be back in just a moment. And so in this break, I wanted to tell you about something that I mentioned not too long ago, but it's well worth reminding everyone about. Obviously, there is now a double podcast release every week. One goes out just to supporters and there's this one which goes on the main feed. And what I was going to say about that is that if you want both those podcasts in the same feed and you're a supporter, you can do that. You just need to get the podcast RSS feed link of either the original email that Patreon sent you when you first signed up, says something about rewards, or from the Foot Weekly podcast homepage on Patreon. And there'll be a link there you can copy, paste into your app. And once it's in there, you get both podcasts coming into the same feed. Extremely convenient and easy to set up. I would say, though, I think it doesn't work on Spotify because there isn't any way of adding a unique podcast feed link into it. But you can get the Patreon app, which works in a similar way and has a few other benefits because you can check other non-audio posts through that as well. To find that Patreon homepage, just go to bit.ly slash more pod. And for help with the RSS feed link, you can go to bit.ly slash more pod feed. So that's bit.ly slash more pod feed. Right, let's get back into part two. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So Japes is headed off, but we still have a little bit more to discuss. An interesting question here from Nick Jack. He says, any guidance on when slash how to use team pressing? Now its use is more regulated. Of course, it is now an option on the D-pad. You can get uh, a quick team press. I think it's about seven seconds or so maybe uh, you get from it. And it um, will really pressure the opposition very hard. And then you know it will time out and you'll no longer be pressing in the same way. Uh, Matt, is this something you've employed and, and how are you you using it? Yeah, definitely. I think the team press is amazing this year. Mm. Uh, I think mm. maybe even bordering on the, the slightly overpowered end um, with how easy it is. But yeah, I think I like to employ it if I've just scored a goal and my position's got a kickoff because Interesting. You know, we know kickoffs can be a, a thing. I like to win mm. the ball back and, and you know spin it round on them, get the kickoffs in my favour. So that's actually something that's actually worked with relative success this weekend. People don't necessarily expect you to, you know, press straight up against them. They they feel like they can maybe, you know, start playing through your defense and maybe take advantage of that 
you know that standard uh, kickoff positioning. Um, but other than hmm. that, I do like it if players, you know, from goal kicks when they play it to their fullbacks, just whacking on a quick team press when they do that, you know, play out to their fullbacks, try and head it down. Most of the time, it's not the most accurate of passes when they head it down. So getting a team press on can win the ball back up or back quite high up the pitch and initiate a quick counter-attack. But yeah, definitely make sure that you are switching it off because it's, like, yes. make sure you keep toggling it on and off because when you need it and, you know, you've realised, oh crap, I haven't turned it off and then you haven't got any more team press it's it's quite frustrating so make sure that you get into that sort of muscle memory of you know down on the d-pad then left and make sure that you uh you do toggle it on and off because it's a really really good tool to have you know especially if players haven't got the the best sort of ball playing defenders and especially the cdms if you're able to press them make and make mistakes with those passes you can win the ball back and create chances for yourself yeah definitely a great thing i'd say is that surprising number of fullbacks have not particularly great passing mm -hmm. um, in the game. So they are players that you can uh, press and it's not very dangerous at all to press in, you know, those kind of areas in, in the fullback positions. So uh, that's worth doing. But uh, yeah, yeah. Aubrey, what about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the team press? I think it's crazy good. I think it's um, yeah something that if you're not working into your game, at least at least when you're down a goal, <laughs> it's like a, almost mm. a fundamental now to to crank the team press on. What I've been sort of experimenting with and like to do is that, um, you know, if I, I like to sort of test what... So so there's, there's certain players, it's like... I, I could, no, it's not not just... I was about to say at a high level, but it's at all levels that, that are very comfortable in one style of play, but very shaky in another style of play. So some people might be extremely good in possession, slow-based games, but you crank pressure on and they start to, you know, mm. wilt under the pressure. So I like to just experiment in the first half with just a quick team press and, you know, just sort of see how someone... Um, reacts and if, if they mm -hmm. look shaky then you know maybe I then go and actually uh, make a little bit of an adjustment in my tactics and, and, and try and press them harder um, it's, it's a nice little tester tool but then yeah I think I think the way man-to-man -man marks is extremely effective um, mm. picking up you know I think I think a lot of people struggle and like you say especially in them fullback centre-back areas if you can get a press on and then man-mark um, I, I, I mean even myself I really struggle under that team press sometimes to to find my way out. I've literally resorted to to chipping it into my mm. taller striker yeah. and trying to <laughs> flick it on because yeah. get me out of that yeah. press, man. It's yeah. crazy. When in doubt, get it yeah. out. Yeah, well, yeah. one of the things I talk about when people are building teams is having that option to to you know. It sounds really like Sunday league, but to lump it long and get get yourself <laughs> out of that area because you try and play you know Arsenal tiki taka out your back and that team presses on you're going to have a tough time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, totally. Mm. I think it, I think it's worth mentioning as well, like. Obviously, the team press works very well at the moment. As the year goes on, when you start getting the better players with the better passing mm -hmm. stats and all that kind of stuff, it probably mm, will yeah, get a little bit harder to effectively team press. You know, you get the DMs that are able to quickly play, you know, those maybe lower percentage 180-degree passes yep. um, with more success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there is obviously the, the possibility of, you know, a little bit of tweaking considering how effective it is at the moment. So, you know, definitely keep an eye on all the pitch notes, see if they're going to slightly mm. tweak it just um, an interesting point for 
for anybody uh, listening and, and obviously you two guys as well I've noticed I've, I've seen some pros and high level players who've been experimenting with turning it on just enough so they get the surge of players forwards and then switching it off again yeah. and then doing that repetitively mm-hmm. as like a, a constant almost constant press without the stamina drain so yeah. uh, maybe that needs to be looked at as a bit of an exploit in, in, in press but I thought I'd mention it anyway it's an interesting one yeah I would say the other thing that you can do if you feel like you want to try something which isn't going to drain your stamina as much as constant pressure but will deliver a similar thing to using the d-pad but without having to deal with that if you feel like you want to make things a bit simpler for yourself as you can use press after possession mm-hmm. loss mm. um which i have always found pretty useful and tend to have it on a um, any more aggressive tactic that i'm using but i think this year is actually pretty dangerous i mean it's very effective i'd say more effective than last year uh, if you do it and do it in the right areas but of course you can't control when it's going to happen and if you lose the ball in the wide areas or near your defense then your defense will move out of position to try and press and it can be an absolute disaster (laughs) so i from personal experience having persevered with it last weekend and now uh, as in the weekend before last i did decide that considering you know how fast most attackers are considering even with my very fast defenders they're not the most agile they're not quite as fast as those attackers it is just probably not worth risking it and trying to get used to using the the manual press in the d-pad when you want the pressure rather than having it trigger when you don't really want it to if you're extremely comfortable on the ball uh, and you can get it to the other end of the pitch uh with ease and rarely feel like you're going to lose it and maybe that would be fine but i think if you're like me prone to doing a couple of uh berber spins in defense probably <laughs> avoid uh having it on i mean there were a couple of really fun games where my opponent also had it on and you just have it like it's just backwards and forth like constant pressure as you lose it the other player presses it's a lot of fun um but it's not really something that i would uh recommend uh doing and, and i've also noticed and i think Steve, the foot coach, pointed this out on Twitter about the uh, dummy, running dummy. I don't know if you guys have seen this stuff, but there's a few clips going around of how it's not massively hard to defend if you see someone doing it and you can anticipate their movements. But if you are doing a full sprint and just do the regular dummy as you're running, you can get quite a fast sort of a change of direction. Um, and if your players are sort of automatically starting to press when someone's doing that, you can really easily have someone run through your entire team. It is definitely something that you need to use with caution if you're going to have that tactic set up, but I 100% agree with the D-pad pressing is is really good, and I'd recommend people pick that up and and use it, especially when you're behind. I think it's great. Uh, Let's move on to another question, which I think for the 3-5-2 will be particularly relevant, but I think is something that everyone's you know struggling with at the moment uh harris asking how do you stop players who just spam lob through passes <laughs> against you had a handful of games this weekend league where my opponent did that and i really struggled it sounds like he was using a five back and they all had shadows and anchors on them and i don't want to resort to playing drop back as it ruins the enjoyment for sure. me fair enough i, I will we'll quickly say that there are very few defenders that shouldn't have shadow on them for me yeah, um, so I would first of all make sure that those defenders that have anchor have shadow. That will make a difference. It might not be uh, the complete fix for it, but it will help. Uh, anything to add on that, Aubrey? Yeah, like you say, I think the only 
cards that probably should have anchors on them are them already have 94 acceleration or sprint speed so you're not wasting the yeah, extra yeah. five um but in terms of dealing with uh, the sort of lby through balls is one of the things i've I've really had to drill myself and it's quite alien to do um, in my three back. What I'll do is say they, so, so most often that comes from um, they'll have a, it with their left back or their right back and they'll be playing it through to the wings or, or, you know, mm. from even the central walls through to the strikers, but it's done them sort of um, straight vertical uh, through balls is um, I press the player and then I'll actually switch to the centre-back on that side and I'll manually track the mm. run. I'll start running backwards already. Um, again, it sounds quite alien, but I will then sort of... If they don't play it, I'll then jump back to the pressing player and make the tackle. So I almost half-press, switch to the centre-back, drag him backwards, and if mm. they play it, then I'm already in a really good position. If they don't play it and start trying to do something else, I'll switch back. Just mm. being active in your defence... And not, it sounds bad, not expecting the AI to fully track that for you. I always will grab the outside centre back and be moving them backwards if I think a through ball's come in. Because even getting the guy to be in a position where he's turned around, you know, rather than facing the ball, you're heading backwards, that eliminates yeah. a lot of that slow sort of like where the, def- the attacker can, can get a yard on you because you're having to actually spin your player. Um, so just being proactive and. A lot of the time when people spam the wing, the, the, the through balls, it's quite evident when they're going to play it. So, yeah, just make sure you switch it on to that outside centre-back in, in your three-back, in your five-back, for example, um, grabbing the player on that side and manually moving backwards just to cover. Because worst-case scenario is they don't play it, but they've only got it with the left-back. The, the immediate danger mm. is that long through ball, right? So that should be your, your focus at all costs. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, I guess, Matt, <laughs> you probably notice this and I certainly do when I'm playing you know the top players that I'll play in a given weekend league and I think we talked about this a bit last week actually but sort of micro adjusting defensive positioning Mm. right and moving those CDMs back into the defense that kind of thing which is something that I think really differentiates like really good defenders with the ones that are maybe not so good it's like making sure you have say the CDMs in the correct position in front of your defense and and pulling in players where where they need to. Yeah, I think that that really does separate like the top players from you know your your standard, you know your standard elite players. For example, you know I think a lot of elite players, you know me included, from time to time will be happy just sort of grabbing their DMs in front of the defense and just running around with them instead of you know switching to the centre backs and you know making those small two three yard runs to to track those those strikers making the moves inside the box. So. I do think, you know, that's definitely an area of my game that I want to try and improve on is, you know, that that quick switching, you know, between the CDMs, you know, pressing the marking passing lanes to those those defenders, marking those those more attacking, threatening runs uh, in and around the box. Um, I think, yeah, that just that just comes with with time and practice, to be honest, just mm. making sure you get that right stick switching down to a T. Yeah, that's uh, uh, make sure, obviously, if, like the, the only way that I can do that, press manoeuvre I said where I sort of press the defender then it is with a right stick switch backwards obviously yeah. LB would just take you to you know your next next best so yeah mm-hmm. right stick switching is something you can actively work on and making sure you're you know not making mistakes when you're trying to select your correct player and stuff I think it's a huge part of not getting flustered in defence and stuff like that totally agree I think right stick switching is something that a lot of us committed players assume it's something that everyone uses but actually yeah, for sure. a lot of people just use the 
select nearest player to the yep. ball. Uh, and that's what they'll do, which, although that's better than having it auto-switch you, I suppose, yes. it, it gives you a significant disadvantage uh, in a lot of ways. And often the player that it will suggest you switch to won't be the, the most useful player. And you can't do things like baiting yes. or... Uh, encouraging your opponent to do certain things and then switching across to another player mm-hmm. to pick up on what they've done and take advantage of it and and that is for me 100% what separates you know your elite probably two one players from gold born elite three players and uh, it's something that I'm always trying to work on but it isn't easy no 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 uh, and and so I'd say for people that are kind of wanting to improve I know people who mentioned sort of getting to that next level I think that is definitely something that can do that for you and uh, I think also the other thing is, and I've said this a few times on the pod, I think the start of FIFA, there's so much, even in this game, which everyone claims is you know the same as FIFA 20 or whatever people it is people want to say, there are so many mechanics out there. You really do have to take your time in maybe adding one or sure. maybe not even two to your game before you move on to the next. So like with directed runs, for example, I've hardly really started to add that to my game because I think there are so many things there to be worked on that I want to kind of work on those things first before moving on to that. So I suppose that's another thing for people who are wanting to kind of get to the next level, um, which we should probably say, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, the directed runs, I'll even be honest, I'm exactly the same as you. Um, and I know, again, I don't speak for everybody, but a lot of my peers and stuff in the competitive, they've really not experimented yet because they're, like you say, um, we've had so many new things, especially with dribbling. So the RB dribble, mm. I think, is extremely important now in the game. Um, there's the like mm. breach yeah, double tap cool. RB. I've been trying to add into my game. There's you know the <laughs> L, you know when you LBA, you can actually select a, a direction of. There's so much now that I think yeah, I, I don't think people have even scratched the surface in what those off um, those those like off the ball and, and and like AI switch player runs can can do. Um, and myself, yeah, mm. I haven't even experimented really because I'm just trying to get all all my fundamentals down first for the new game. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that will become effective once people start getting used to it is what I think Foot Economist put out on his Twitter, which is using directed runs but using the player lock and then right stick flicking to another player to make the run. Uh, that looks like it's going to be quite good once people get to grips with it. So I guess if you wanted something more advanced to do at this point, uh, then you could have a go at that and uh, be interested to know how it went. If you've tried that and would like to share what it was like, or if you have any thoughts on what's been discussed in this podcast at all, do get in touch at footweeklypod or footweekly@mail.com. And of course, the best place is the pod priority questions section of the supporter discord talking of which if you are a supporter listening to this don't forget you've got that content podcast to listen to that was live on the patreon earlier this week and if you're not a supporter yet fancy signing up getting double the amount of podcast content it's just three pounds a month and you can do that as well as entering that twelve thousand fifa point giveaway over on the patreon which is bit.ly slash pod points 21 so that's bit.ly slash pod points 21 for now though Aubrey, a huge thank you for making your debut on the pod today. It was great. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch or follow you? Yeah, um, so Twitter, it's Mr. Aubrey. Um, it's, it, the handles are the same across everywhere, but Twitter and, Twitter and Twitch are where I really operate. My 352 Tactics video is up on, on YouTube right now, the exact same 
uh, YouTube, uh, Mr. Aubrey. Um, and I have been experimenting, like I say, with a new sort of possession-based 352. Um, so if you are interested in especially three backs and, and you know, different ways they can be played, uh, for sure, pop through. Um, I, uh, I think nice. my, my stream, I always try and be as informative and, and educational as possible. So Great. And... Matt, now you're no longer on the uh, Squad Battles leaderboard this week, or, or maybe you will be pretty soon, I don't know. We'll have to um, see, we'll have to see. How, can people, <laughs> how can people keep up with you elsewhere? Uh, so yeah, just uh, Twitter, uh, just MattFuckTrading, uh, all one word, and then uh, same on Twitch, just MattFuckTrading as well. We'll be streaming, I think, maybe like 7pm UK most weeknights, doing some general market and uh, probably icon trading. You know, we've got a few coins now, so uh, we'll be starting to make some moves with those higher tier cards, get those coins in, ready for uh, Team of the Year in a couple of months' time. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate your insight today. Thank you very much for having me as always, Ben. And thank you, listeners, for listening this week. And thanks to all those supporters for keeping the podcast going. And of course, those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Matt L, Liam B, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, David S, Robbie S, Andrew C, Tom B, Jordan, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Eric T, Dominic G, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Sila P, James P, Mikael L, Nishant, Dodgy Aussie, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, Dan W, Bronco, Matt H, Alan M, and Savage P. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you, I just wanted to say that, well, FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.